another edition of the Behind the U podcast as we venture off into uh, other parts of the athletic department. A lot of great stories here, and that's really the goal here is to tell stories and take people behind the U. And we are joined by women's volleyball coach Jose Keno Gandara. Gandara, I got it good, right? Yes. Well, I've been living in South Florida 48 years, so I, I should roll off. I should at least roll off my tongue a little bit. So first of all, appreciate you doing this. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So you guys are off. Your team is off to a really good start. Why have you had success early? Why has this team come together in the early part of the season in the way you want? Oh, man, I, I think there's a bunch of factors, but I, I think we grew a lot last year. It's a challenging year for every year, and, and uh, we were able to keep a good core of players that were young but gained some lot of experience, and uh, they kind of uh, feel a lot more comfortable with their roles, so I think that's a big part. The other part is uh, I've been able to retain my staff. I think that's a huge part of of what we do, the continuity for on the direction and leadership for the kids. Let's take two of those things you brought up, topics. Had you had a more challenging year than a year ago? Last year was tough. There's been others, you know, I think with injuries is always the toughest for me. When you have no control of what it's out there and you feel responsible for this, the experience of these kids uh, and just it's out of your hands. You know, last year, I think we were all in it and a lot of schools were dealing with it. So a little bit more uh, common factor there, you know, but uh, it, it got tough at the end. You know, we had some injuries <laughs> that we had to battle. So, yeah, I, I think every year is different different the coach you, you just kind of feel you, you're aware of uh, and looking for all the things that could go wrong but uh, I thought it was a very productive and, and we're very proud of the year you brought up something I think in any walk of life continuity with the people that surround you right if it's a management team if it's employees it could be sports right how important is it that you have continuity how important is it that they share your vision you trust them they know you you know them. How does that help your team? Let's let me do that. Has it helped that team? And may has it helped you? Yeah, it's it's huge for me. I think uh, just having Casey and Jill, they know me well and better every year. And it's like any team, you know, the, the better you know each other, the chemistry, as they like to call it, then you, you kind of learn how to operate. You don't get surprised. You handle surprises a little better. And uh, all we do, and uh, that's why I, I like my staff. That all we do, it's for and and to help the players. You know, it's uh it's uh, if we do it right, they get the only return. And so. So for me to have these guys around and they we keep changing, it's not like it's been the same since they arrived. They've, they've grown as coaches and, and we've grown as a staff and, and we operate way more uh, functional and, uh, and uh, efficiently. But uh, we're getting the kids more and more. And, and that's, that's an example for them. You know, they look how we operate and they see how we manage things and and uh, we disagree and agree to disagree, and we have this good uh, functional uh, operation, and, and they just kind of follow what we do. You know, I think it's important. Are they at the point now where they've been with you long enough? I'm sure they've always had a voice, right? But where the idea sharing is, I'm going to say more mutual, but where you can take from them as much as they're taking from you. Yeah, for sure. I, I've always uh, wanted that from them. I, I was very lucky uh, as I developed as a coach. I had coaches that allow me to do that you know I, I, don't, I started coaching a little later I played for a long time and, and all of a sudden they are uh, they trusted me there were people I knew so they gave me a lot of leeway and responsibility and, and value to what I brought up to the table so I, I don't see it any other way even though I'm the head coach I will be a lot better uh, as a head coach if I have my staff helping not just following my direction and and they do if they need to. They, they, that's what we have come to, where they know uh, what the bottom line is, but they always want to challenge me and, and bring up new, new ways. And, and we make sure that we're listening to the players, giving some autonomy and, and participation in what we do. And, and when you do that, people buy in. You know, if they're involved in the process, then they have no choice. You also mentioned something that the players see your staff. So how important is it that they see a unified? You can disagree, that's fine, but that all of you are 
connected, right? That there's no fracturing at the top because I, am, I imagine the players, if they get any sniff or whiff of that, that is not good for your culture. Yeah, and the trust, you know, I think I value trust tremendously in my program. The, this relationship are based on that. I, I, you know, I forget things and I do things uh, differently at times and I'm inconsistent, but we have this consistency. We're like, yeah, this is okay. We're going to do this next. And so I, they, they see the responsibility, the change of command, if you will. It's, it's, uh, we're working together. We're not, I'm, not, I'm not above them. They're not working for me. We work together. We find the best people to do their job. It's how we operate our team. We, we get the right people doing the right job. So um, they're, they're very comfortable, and uh, I'm very comfortable with them, and I think creates this environment where, like, yeah, we, we just roll with it, and we find we do the best we can. When you get them with you that long, it's a true family. Yeah, and I think there's this sense of family, but to me personally, I think a family, there's no choice, right? Like, you're, you don't pick your brothers and, and parents and uncles. Here we have chosen these people, and they have chosen us to be here, so there's this different sense of responsibility. There's this family sense of uh, unity and love, but there's a responsibility to carry your weight and you uh, made the choice of either I picked the, the athlete or they chose to come here. So it's a little different in that regard, but uh, yeah, it, we're very comfortable together and we have uh, accept our differences and, and things like that. So I want to get back to your sort of career arc. You mentioned you played, I know you played collegially. We'll get into the what you did after college and then how you got into coaching, but you just mentioned choice. Obviously, the University of Miami chose you eight years ago or nine years ago, but you also chose to make yourself a candidate for this job. So why was this the job you wanted? You know, I, I think you never know. You, you kind of have to sometimes uh, listen to your gut and kind of go check things out, you know, and I was in a very good place in Seattle working for a great friend and good coach and uh, we were successful and but I felt like uh, something was missing I was never in a big hurry to be a head coach because I was in these positions where I felt I was really important to the staff and and I love coaching and uh, my wife was doing well and for the first time in a long time we you know we, we travel a lot both of us throughout my professional career bounce around different cities uh, she played my wife Stephanie played uh, professional beach volleyball so she was also on the go a lot and and this was the first time we were settled and felt like home you know maybe since high school you know but anyways uh my sister ended up being transferred her husband was transferred to miami about you know i think may of 12 of 2012 and uh we spent christmas here christmas of 2012 and uh we might had an 11 month old son or uh, maybe a year ago a uh, year old and uh, it was the first time he was around uncles and cousins and i'm going yeah this is missing you know i grew up with my uncle next door my grandparents a couple blocks away and uh, all of a sudden it felt family was around my wife's family's from california so they were not around either and anyways come to find uh this job opened up a couple months later <laughs> and uh so yeah so what we're here you know we're, we're always looking around hey this could be a good place you know and uh we're like yeah this could be a good place and we didn't know miami very well we just knew that we had family in town and and it was close to puerto rico where my family is and it was warm and it's and i didn't even visit the university i was just in the city you know fast forward a couple months and the job position opened up and i'm going hey this this is too good to be true you know so we dove into it and it was amazing the the people the connections i had to this place either through where i went to school in santa barbara or, or friends that uh, knew people here but i knew that coaching is tough i knew that uh it wasn't just going to be about my family being here or my sister living here or the weather being warm i, I had to make sure that 
I was going to have the things I needed to do what I wanted to do. And, and they make sure they, those goals align with the universities. And so as I started looking, more and more things lined up. And uh, when I had a chance to meet uh, Blake and Jen and the staff here, I, I just really felt like they were invested in the, the school. They love this place. And their vision for our program was realistic uh, in the sense of where we were, but also the potential was there and they believed in that too. And, and then started looking at the university as a whole and bringing the type of students that we want to have and the type of athletes. Other programs have been successful in the ACC. And, and so things like that were starting to line up. And here I am, nine years later. You know, you I nine. really enjoy it. So what was that vision? I, I'm not much to put this target or goals, you know. I, I kind of just get into the possibility of, of developing teams that compete for a chance, you know. And I, I felt like they had done it in the past. They had made it to the uh, Sweet 16, I think, a couple years before. Uh, the ACC, Florida State had just made it to the Final Four a few years before. And so I, I came from a place in, at the University of Washington where they were in the bottom of the Pac-12 and they developed to the top of the conference. So it was possible there. It's possible anywhere. And this program was in a way better position, you know. And uh, so I think the ACC championship had never been done. That was number one goal, you know, and still working on it. But the opportunity to go to the NCAA tournament every year, it's something that was very possible here. At Miami, and uh, we did it for a while, and and I think volleyball and the ACC has gotten more competitive, but uh, we're knocking at the door every year, you know. So the vision is to develop a program that attracts athletes uh, from all over the U.S., you know, and internationally, uh, that provides a good education and gives us a chance to compete for that championship. So what happened at Washington? That what were the building blocks that allowed it to go from the bottom to the top, and then what could you apply from that? to this you know i can't take much credit for that because i i arrived i was there uh eight years and i arrived uh in 2005 and you know the team had was on their way already so we ended up winning a championship in 2005 but the building blocks i was able to see kind of after the after the fact we we graduated uh I believe seven or eight seniors after the championship and the success continued so that was for me really important to see what were the pieces that held on uh, after you you get all these kids through and uh, so it was about the teaching you know uh, spending time with each kid understanding each kid is different but you can't you can't treat them the same you got to get to know the athlete and uh, and within uh, some parameters as a team you gotta uh, make sure they fit in and they have the same, same goal but treat people as individuals and try to get the most out of them individually but teaching was a huge factor. The foundation was within our system. We didn't deviate much from that system, and the kids understood that, and they work within the system. But teaching, recruiting good people, and just a lot of work, you know. Uh, <laughs> but I, again, I, I can't take credit for it, but I, I saw it happen. I saw great athletes continue to develop after that year. We had a couple Olympians and so it's just the mindset, and, and to be honest, that's kind of the deal. You know, athletes, they all have abilities. It's just what's between their ears that, that take him to the next level. So that's a magical question, having been around sports, this university, a lot with football and basketball. But it's also, I think, mindset is works outside of athletics, right? It's what's inside of somebody, their DNA, their pride that pushes them forward. This is the question I always love to ask. I don't know what the answer is. I still haven't found it. How do you dig enough to get to know someone, to know if you're getting the right person mentally? Because I do believe people who have that, whatever that is, it is a major skill set that isn't equate to jumping you know, leaping, quickness, et cetera, but is a massive part, of, certainly when it comes to performance. Were you listening to our meeting just 20 minutes ago? Yeah. <laughs> I was not. Yeah, this is a really good question. We're always trying to figure that out. And I think different factors are coming into play. I think kids are, you know, you, you can do all your work and find out who this kid is at 
you know, 17. We, we, volleyball was, we're, our recruiting process was way too early and it's slowing down quite in a bit. In sport? Just yeah, in and it's in this, in our sport and I think other sports too, but, of course. Uh, but some, some rule changes have really helped uh, to recruit a little later and we get a little better picture of what these kids are like. Especially but, at teenagers, right? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, but one of the factors I think it's uh, these kids are in a certain environment and they behave a certain way and they have a lot of guidelines from parents and direction because of their, their schedule is so rigid and they don't have a lot of choices. You know, their choices are made way in advance. And also, when you get to college, and it's all about choices, right? So now they have time, they have decisions, they have to change their environment. And yeah, they, volleyball is the same, but there's also different. You know, in the sense that you have new coaches, maybe the first time they play against uh, or with. Uh, older athletes, you know, and the most of the time they're playing with kids within their age, maybe one or two years older. Now they're playing with kids uh, four years older. So there's a lot of factors, but I think one of them, and there, I don't think it's a perfect science. If you if you find out, please let me know. But I don't know. I've never right. I've never come up with the answer, but I know it always comes up, and it's like the thing that's so hard to capture, but to me is almost the most vital. Yeah, and I, and I think what we come to realize is there's always sacrifices. You always heard that. So is is volleyball important to you enough? to these kids where they can give up or make these sacrifices, you know, uh, and, and that should be remain. If volleyball is important when they're 10, uh, not 10, but, uh, you know, in 10th grade, can it be important when they're here? Because it will get more challenging. Two things relative to the sport that I'm not sure how many people are familiar with the X's and O's sort of a volleyball, but I know in sports, everyone sort of has a style of play. So how would you, if you were to describe how you like your teams to look, or what you're looking for in players to be a part of your system, what would that be? Well, I think um, very engaged, uh, very well prepared. I think understand having you know understanding the game uh, as a as a con concepts of the game, not just uh, follow directions. You know, I don't want it to be uh, video game volleyball players. I want them to have autonomy and understand the whys of why we're picking X or Y uh, choice tactically. But um, playing fast is important to us. Managing our errors. You know, we try to minimize errors, but managing our errors so we can play within our abilities, and then that way forcing opponents to beat us. But, uh, yeah, those, that's kind of where I how would. How would you describe playing fast in volleyball? So the speed comes from the tempo of the set, you know, per se. It's not like how fast the move, ball moves on your side, but how quickly the ball goes from the setter to the attacker. And then the attacker obviously will not only hit it hard, but change speeds and direction and all that. But a lot of the, the, the speed comes from the set of the, the setter to the hitter. Now, if you were to encourage someone to come out to a home match, how would you describe the environment at a women's volleyball game at the University of Miami or just give me a tough ACC opponent? What's it like in the arena? Well, the, the spacing, I think people, I've, I've had many friends have never been to a volleyball game and they come back and like, man, that was awesome. I'm coming back you know <laughs> right. it, it's just a small uh, gym uh, where they're kind of on the court and they get to see the the height the speed and the power on this of these athletes you know and fortunately it's it's something that uh, the words keep spreading but I think the environment is, is kind of on, on top of the court is the main thing a male coach who played a male sport how do you like coaching a female sport uh, that was easy for me I have three sisters and uh, they're as competitive as I was or I am uh, my wife is super competitive and I, I look at it they're athletes they're competitive they want to be good obviously you treat people all everybody in the, in the right way but I've coached 
guys and at times uh, they always say well women are emotional this now guys will get so emotional they wanted to fight girls are emotional they get engaged and they they always think that they're at fault and there's something they can do about it i don't look at it differently i i think it's volleyball is the same game we i teach it and uh, the same way i played it and uh so i don't think there's any difference in that regard i think it's something that has changed a little bit in the past maybe there was a little bit of a difference in the style but when you look at it now it's very very much similar maybe power and height is a little different. But. How about do you enjoy your relationships with your players? Again, it's been easy for me. I think other people maybe not, but I, I, it's just they're my athletes. They need to trust that I'm, I will always do the best for them. Uh, even when I, they don't like what I say, but they deserve the truth. And uh, I expect the same trust on return. And uh, when things uh, go well, it's easy. When they don't, I think uh, that's where that comes in and, and plays off. You mentioned before, you know, we're, we're, in, we're in a big city, an international city. You recruit across the state and you recruit outside of these borders. How much does being in this city help you in that way? And how important is it to recruit nationally, globally, or is that very unique to this school? The second question is a little easier. I think being Miami, being a big city, is on TV, is on movies, internationally is a well-known city for obvious reasons. So that's, they know a lot about the city, uh, and then we teach them about the university and our program and our school. From the national level, it's a great city. We, we know all the opportunities here, but it also could be uh, distractions for the athletes. So I, I want to make sure that I don't control the city. I don't control <laughs> what kind of school uh, we're at. But I, I want them to come here because of what I most, have most control of, which is volleyball and our program in our school, obviously. So. That logo on your shirt, how welcome is it when you travel? Oh, it's all over. I mean, people know they flash to you everywhere, airports. You, you just think you know them, and they're just big fans of you. How does the scouting process work? You mentioned that the some of the age, you know, I'm going to say limitations, but the window's gotten a little shorter, right? What is the process for scouting when it comes to volleyball? How do you go about searching and finding and looking for the players you want in your program? There's different phases, right? We, we need to be out and looking for potential prospects. Uh, so... Uh, a lot of times, Jill on my staff, she's out watching the younger kids and trying to watch them and see uh, if there's anything, any physical appeal or any competitiveness or skill that jumps at you at that age. Is it club? Is it school? Like, where do you have to, you can't spend your time everywhere, so where do you spend your time? We spend most of our time at the club level. You know, high school, volleyball is great, but we're in season, and uh, when you go to club teams, they have three or four high school starts in one team. It's a lot easier, more efficient for us. And uh, there's multiple tournaments every weekend, uh, drawing kits and teams from all over the U.S. So we, we may walk into a convention center and there may be 15,000 kids playing volleyball. There's over, you know, sometimes over 100 courts, and they're going for three days. It's it's amazing. So Madhouse. Yeah, so we, we focus on the, you know, 14, 15, 16. Uh, we were watching uh, before, and uh, so now we, we identify them early, follow up, and see how they progress. At some point, we kind of cross-reference with our needs, and then we start picking out, and then we get to know the kid, get information from the coaches, uh, watch him compete, watch him behave, everything that you can possibly get to that magic answer yeah right? exactly any way you can get to know the kid before you uh, offer the athlete you know you mentioned before growing up in puerto rico how big is volleyball there it's fairly big yeah i would say it's probably the biggest high school sport basketball is pretty popular at the professional level and then baseball but volleyball is pretty pretty that high was, there. All, was that always your sport no i grew up playing baseball was probably my first love and then what position uh, anything i could i loved it i played shortstop pitcher I would catch at times. I mean, just little kid stuff, little high, uh, little league stuff. So when did you transition? So uh, I think it kind of was gradual, and unfortunately it was kind of 
way more convenient to play volleyball, but uh, it got challenging to play baseball. When I switched uh, from, I think, 12 to 13 to 14-year-old, I had to travel a little further, and it got more. A lot of my friends quit baseball, so it was just me. And uh, volleyball, on the other hand, I was tall. I grew a bunch of, I don't know, I grew like four inches between eighth and ninth grade, you know? And uh, so I became more of a prospect in volleyball, and it was convenient. All my friends played. It was more of a a social event, too. Uh, In high school, we had, you know, boys and girls high school tournaments every weekend. It was just a lot of fun. I I mentioned at that age, that's... uh it opened some doors, yeah. right, for you socially. <laughs> yeah, and on the other hand, baseball got more challenging, and, and I was playing. I played through high school. I even tried it in college for a little bit. But Baseball? Uh, yeah. At I, Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara. I, I, I wouldn't say I tried it. I tried out for a little bit. I, long story short, but I, I love baseball, played through high school. Uh, my uncle played in the minor leagues and uh, also was kind of the – he always kind of pushed me to play baseball and, and in a good way. I mean, he loved – watching me play and stuff so my senior year I was in line to go to Santa Barbara to play volleyball and uh, he invited me or he offered to take me to a open tryout with the Dodgers and, Where? Uh, in Puerto Rico in Puerto Rico so I go you know sure I'm I have a scholarship I'm gonna go play volleyball but I'll do this you know yeah, why not? come to find I was invited to a second tryout because the regional scout was coming into town and he wanted me this scout wanted me to watch so I go fine I'll go to another one so at the end of that second tryout there was a conversation with my parents that I still never asked what went on, but uh, eventually I just went to play baseball. I mean, volleyball at Santa so Barbara. So do, do you know the conversation even I, to this I day? Never, I never wanted to know. I was too confused. I, I knew I wanted to play baseball, and I had this scholarship to go play volleyball, and I, I was torn, so I just I trusted they would do the best for me. And, you know, I think part of it was different times, right? Like, I understand now you can be a, play professional baseball and then go back to college and play uh, right. amateur, and I, those things weren't. Uh, it's common. Do you still are you still a big are you a big baseball fan? I have a ten year old son and I try to uh, play baseball with him <laughs> as I much as I can. Yeah. Did, you like a, did you have a favorite team growing up? No, I'm I'm more of a, a player fan. I you know, you. I have a bunch of but yeah, I love baseball. I love watching baseball and uh, I love my career as a volleyball player. I wouldn't change anything, but I I love baseball. We've kind of mentioned the University of California at Santa Barbara. We've kind of like weaved it in here a little bit. So how do you how do you go from being a volleyball player on the island of Puerto Rico right to getting recruited to go out to California and chance. I have a, a really good friend that kind of was a few years ahead of me, and uh, he played at Ohio State University from my high school, and uh, he then played for the USA uh, World University team. On that team, the one of the coaches was the coach at Santa Barbara. So he asked my friend Edwin, he go, hey, any kids like you in Puerto Rico? And I go, well, there's two at my high school. And uh, one of my older, my good friends uh, was one year ahead. He ended up going to Santa Barbara, and I follow suit. So it was this Word of mouth, back in, in wow. uh, 1984, there was no internet, so we knew very little about the school. I believe everything they, they sent me. <laughs> I, I, I read through that brochure like 10 times, and I, I never visited. I just showed up on day one. Now, did you want to go play collegially? Was that your goal? That was my goal. I, uh, it changed my life. You know, I, I wasn't a great student, but once I got that offer, my grade changed. My parents were going, what the hell happened here, you know? Uh, and it uh, just changed my life, and I was going to Santa Barbara to make sure it worked, and I had my life uh, mapped out. And uh, in a lot of ways, this guy Edwin kind of uh, accomplished some things down the road that I 
I wanted to meet. And so he, he in a way, he's my, my idol and my hero, my, my mentor, you know. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's not too hard to sell Santa Barbara, right? No, no. They did a good job. <laughs> at presenting it's a good place to land. Definitely, yeah. You got to go back to Puerto Rico with the University of Miami team a few years back. How was that experience? It was great for me. I, I think the girls are still talking about it. They really enjoyed it. You know, anytime you get to, it's, it's different enough where they, it was a good experience for them. Uh, the competition was good and they loved it. I, I enjoyed showing them a little bit of, uh, of where I grew up and, and uh, what life was like for me. You got emotional talking about your high school. I watched the video. Yeah. That's a really important place for you. It is. And, and uh, mostly the people that were around me, you know, like I, if, if you saw all of us have the same effect, it's, it's a small school with a lot of, uh, gave us a lot of good experiences through sports and I think we we all very aware of it you know this this uh particular this coach that coaches for all of us you know for decades he he coached at you know Santa Teresita which is a school and um so we share that experience and we we're we still connected this is Puerto Rico's a small island and, and so my friends from school are are very close to me and so yeah, it, it was. It caught me off guard. So I got to ask this question because it comes up all the time. It's, there's certain things that just thread their way through sports. It doesn't matter the sport of the person. When you're at UC Santa Barbara, you guys played in the title match, correct? Correct. 1980. Did not win. Did not win. So they always say you remember the losses more than the wins. Does that game or match still haunt you? Do you still, does it still eat at you? Because even with like the football program, people here remember 2001 or 86, you know, losing more so sometimes. And they're like, oh, that we, were so, we could have had more. Yeah, I came to the point where I can talk about it. Now. Oh, all right. So, so it is painful. <laughs> yeah, very. I, I didn't watch it for a long time. We, we were up 2-0 and um, ended up losing in five against a good team. But we were playing really well at the time. And I have a lot of memories from that, from that match, good and bad. But uh, it was a tough one. So you mentioned mentioned before earlier in the podcast you got in the coaching late so what when you were done playing what was next i knew i wanted to be a coach from just arriving to santa barbara and it was my first time I, the first time i had a coach i was a full-time coach you know you're you're in high school and uh, they're your pe teacher and then you're playing <laughs> club and they're they're teachers that a coach at night and but uh just seeing this is uh ken preston was my coach and uh it, that's all that's his job you know just help us and and uh, it's pretty cool right pretty cool yeah so i uh, go that that sounds pretty good and uh so i always knew i wanted to be a coach but i wasn't done playing so i go to santa barbara and um, graduate and uh, actually I played my four years and I went to try out for the USA team at Puerto Rico is a U.S. territory, and uh, so you have dual sports citizenship. And growing up, I, I didn't get many opportunities to play for the Puerto Rican national teams uh, for one reason or another. But so when I left for college, all of a sudden I, I get interest from the USA program, and I go to these tryouts, and I play in these summer events. And down the road, when I'm, I'm done playing, I go, that's what I want to do. Like, like I mentioned, my friend Edwin played for the USA, so it was something I was aware that I was able to do. Uh, so I tried out for the team, and I did not make it. I was tried out middle which is what I played in college and so I went back and finished school and I went after I graduated went back and tried out again as an opposite you know back in the day you played every position so I felt very comfortable doing that and and that didn't work out uh, either very long so I went a third time and I finally made the team so I played for the USA until January of 92 before the Barcelona Olympics where I got cut and then I got into coaching and uh, so I coached a couple years at Santa Barbara went played professionally in Spain Ended up coming back to coach because I thought my, I wanted to get going with my career. Came back, coach again at a junior college and uh, trained to play beach volleyball because I figured that was a way of, of playing in the U.S. And, and not having to go overseas anymore. And an opportunity to play in uh, Puerto Rico opened up again. So I, after 10 years of not playing in the Puerto Rican league, I, I was able to go back in the summers and 
So I was getting my fix of volleyball and coaching at the same time. Our national team, uh, the Puerto Rican national team, all of a sudden we're, we're getting pretty good players. Some of them are coming back from college and we have this really good group. The Olympics were in Atlanta. So U.S. was already qualified. Cuba had qualified. And we go to a tournament in the region, Norseca region, and um, we beat Canada. And, uh, Are you so playing or coaching? I'm playing. So long story short, um, we have a chance to go play in the in a qualifier to go to the Olympics, oh, wow. and I just get back into playing, you know. And uh, so that didn't work out the way I wanted it uh, in the sense the training uh, that went into that tournament. So I got a contract in, in Brazil, played in Brazil, tried to qualify for the Olympics. We failed. Then I was done. So I go back coaching. I'm playing beach volleyball again, and uh, my wife and I get married. The tour goes bankrupt, and we're we don't have the money to Where pay. Where are you? Uh, in California. Okay. And uh, so we have this wedding, and, and uh, I'm not getting this check from the beach volleyball or my wife who was playing also, and I got a contract in France. So I go play in France. Now I'm 27, and I'm coming back, and I start coaching again. I was six years, seven years at Santa Barbara with the men's team and playing in Puerto Rico. I decided I don't want to play anymore. I switched to women's volleyball. I go one year to UNLV and then eventually uh, Washington for eight years. So played for a long time, got into coaching in full in 99. Why did you switch from men's to women's? Uh, mostly financial, you know, better pay, better, most op- more opportunities, and uh, I felt very comfortable coaching women or men. I love coaching. There's not a lot of men's programs, and, and I didn't think the opportunities were going to come I gotcha. up. Any of your former player competitiveness come out in your coaching? Yeah, I, I catch myself. I, I just love competing. I, I just I was, didn't smile very much when I played, and I think I coached like that. They were always making fun of me. And <laughs> a lot of my pictures coaching are my veins are popping up. My eyes are – I just love competing. Thank, I'm glad you you've, yeah, did not bring that into the room for this. Yeah, yeah. I like this version of you I like for it, this. Yeah. That's me. Awesome. Well, uh, Coach, thank you so much for doing this. It's great to see you guys doing good. I know a couple few years back, I think you we were on the road for football. I think you were on the ACC Network or ESPN playing Florida State in a big match. And I just know when UN plays Florida State, I don't care the yeah. sport, and, it's big. Yeah. And we were behind you, and, and, and it was great talking to you and catching up and, and, and learning about you. Thanks for doing this and taking us behind the U. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me.